My friend, $200 in chips. Woo-hoo! Big bet for a big man! Do you know that blackjack is the only game where a smart player has a mathematical advantage over the house? This should be sweet. 18. 19. So close. Are you a professional? Hmm? Are you? That's it, Griswold. You are freaking dead. Nineteen. Twenty. Oh, he's good. He's good. <laughs> Another hundred chips, please. Changing a hundred. That's it, Clark. Show him who's boss. Okay, wise guy. Let's see how you do against three hands. Oh. Whoa! Oh, gee. That's it. I've had enough. Let's get out of here. Good luck, sir. I ain't seen a beating like that since somebody stuck a banana in my pants and turned a monkey loose. Well, that, I, I decided to play the opening. That's one of my favorite movies, by the way. So that's Vegas Vacation, Chevy Chase. I think one of his his better films, believe it or not, as far as Chevy Chase movies go, it's hilarious. But the the part of that that I think is kind of germane to this, to this podcast and this point in time is how do we not feel like we're in a casino at this point? The, the craziness that is the market's, it feels worse than a casino, at least in a casino. And you walk in, you have a pretty good understanding that it's them against you. And and maybe you'll get a shot at taking a little bit out if you know when to get up and walk away. Today, we just don't know what to do. Today, you don't know if a recession is good. So I'm, I'm sitting here trying to understand how a recession is good. And yet we get a recession, you know, drum beats of a recession, which I believe we're you know, maybe we're flirting with a recession. Maybe technically we're in a recession, but I don't think the recession definition matters as much as the sentiment of what the consumer is going through. And I don't think people are broken yet. I think there's still some room on the credit cards. I think there's still some jockeying that, you know, until the banks start tightening up on their credit facilities and, and you know, pulling down credit balances or denying credit cards and that, you know, roll up into a new credit card and get 0% interest and take that loan that comes out. I, I probably get one a week, you know, hey, why don't you consolidate everything you have into this nice new low interest rate loan? So until the consumer breaks, I don't care what anyone calls it, you know, that that is the point at which things go bad. Now, if there's a real... Um, if, if there's some real science to the, you know, two quarters of negative growth is a recession, then great. Use that for that terminology that works. But you got to keep your eye on the consumer. So I did yesterday what I've suggested in a previous podcast is I looked at the gas pump. So yesterday I had to go fill the car up and, uh, you know, it was $75, which was less than the $85 high that I paid probably three weeks before. I don't, I don't really put that many miles on my car. And this is my uh, my Impala, my four cylinder, thirty plus mile an hour uh, mile per gallon highway car. Uh, so 
you know, I looked around and I noticed that the pumps was $30 on one. There was 85 on another. So the guy probably had a little bit bigger car than me. And I saw another lady who put in, believe it or not, she put in 20 bucks and she had a little child with her. And I kept looking over and I started thinking, wow, you know, I, I don't know how far she's got to go, but 20 bucks isn't going to take her too far. So that's when you start realizing that recessions are not necessarily some, you know, crazy definition that, that the government puts on big fancy charts. It's the life of the person that is out there struggling. And how a recession can be a good thing in a stock market defies any logic because if people are starting to stretch their pennies thinner, they're not going to Home Depot as much. They're not going to Lowe's as much. They're they're not going out to dinner as much. And the dominoes that start to fall when that happens are pretty substantial, right? So the consumer starts to stop, starts to avoid spending. And that means there's less people that are needed to be out there servicing people who are not spending money. And that's when the whole thing starts to spiral into the ground. So somehow we thought that that's a good thing. Well, you know, if the in, if the recession hits, that's good. Stocks do better because inflation won't be a problem. Well, that's the worst way in the world to stop inflation is to kill off all the people that are trying to, you know, scratch a living out today. So the, the Vegas vacation, I thought there's two points to that because a topic I'm going to talk about today is, is something I've been working on. I, I've been uh, working with a, a fantastic new uh, team, a new group that I'm thrilled to be part of. It's, it's a fantastic um, team out of New Jersey. Uh, his name is Paul Cella. He's part of uh, Key Arcs, which is basically a uh, a medical professional vertical, right? He services medical professionals. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that say, well, you know, doctors are terrible at managing their finance. Well, that's good because they're good at managing our health. And I'd rather them be good at that than balancing their checkbooks. But what Paul is is done is he's introducing doctors and others to our tools that are finding what we do very enlightening. They're scientists. So they like to see things and they have logical brains and they can start stitching together their own thoughts and opinions on where things go. And what I'm trying to do is, is I'm trying to adapt what I've been doing for everyone else over the last few years and, and trying to figure out how to communicate the value of what we do. And it dawned on me. It dawned on me. I just wrote an email and, and I'm, I'm sure the gentleman I wrote the email to um, I actually wrote in there, I said, this is my podcast topic today, because I, I, I ended up thinking about something that I went across probably last year. Um, I met a, uh, an airline pilot, a retired airline pilot. He's up in his, his age. And uh, unfortunately, you know, after 9-11, some of the airlines went bankrupt and these guys lost their pensions. Well, you know, others started with one airline that didn't go bankrupt, that kept themselves in good order. And they got little pensions from that, but they lost a big pension, that big, you know, $150,000, $160,000 pension. And I was, I was basically just looking at something in the rearview mirror saying, you know, there was a conversation about income and investments that I just, I kind of put in the back, you know, in that card catalog. It was in the back of my mind. And it wasn't until I, I started writing this email this morning that it, that it came to the front of my mind, and I started thinking about how, how uh, 
insightful that conversation was, you know, a couple of years ago with this pilot. So the pilot, you know, was, was basically very successful in, in his uh, investment. He did a lot of his own investments. He had a couple advisors uh, later on. I think he has just a CPA. Now he's pretty much, you know, got rid of the advisors because he does such a good job. And honestly, people that enjoy monitoring their investments typically do better than their investment advisors because they're on top of it. So he had generated literally millions in his uh, investment portfolio to the point where when he takes his quote-unquote RMDs, he actually turns them into QCDs, which means he's actually donating the RMD to charity so he doesn't have to take that income because that income affects or that income would affect his other income. And he doesn't need more income. You know, he, he actually believes that he has enough between his Social Security and his wife's and the small pension that he doesn't need any other income. So why does he want a QCD or an RMD to make him pay higher taxes? He doesn't need the money. Well, you know, it was such a, a bizarre conversation because I'm, I'm talking to a gentleman with millions of dollars who was very unhappy And I I kept trying to understand, why is this guy so unhappy? He's got millions of dollars. If you have millions of dollars and you had a, you know, a glorious career doing something that, you know, the average person has probably dreamed of, you know, flying these big jets. And I think he did the, um, the, the path to Europe and back. And I've had several airline pilots. I've, I've probably had at least five that I personally have spoken with. One, I actually went out to California and visited with when I was out there. I, I found him such an interesting person uh, I wasn't too far away. I said, hey, you know, mind if I come and say hi? And I stopped in and I brought the big blueprints with me and I said hi to him. It's a beautiful, beautiful house. But I, I, I realized that there's a reason why pilots gravitate towards this whole retirement blueprinting process and the Wealthspan report. It's because they're used to looking at things strategically, tactfully, and, and with great um, focus, right? That flight plan. How am I going to get from this airport to that airport, et cetera? So I started to, to have the conversation, and I, I knew the person didn't need anything that we were doing because he basically is just going to eventually die, and all the money he has will go to wherever his money's going to go, family, charities, I, I don't know what. But the interesting part was the personality, the, the internal conflict of not having enjoyed retirement. Um, and that investing was not that it was more important, but it was just his passion. Investing to him was like golf to some of the guys that I know. And there's never a good time to take money out of your hobby, right? It, for him, as he was investing, there'd be up days and down days, you know, good years and bad years. So the, the investment behavior webinars that we've done that were very successful. And I, I think the topic is something I probably should, you know, redo and put a new one out there because of some of these epiphanies that I've had. But the idea that the investment behavior would cause someone to look back and say, I wish I would have done something differently. Now they were massively successful, but let's think about what happened. So the down years, now remember, he's got Social Security plus his wife's, and then he has this small pension. So it's enough to live a lifestyle where you stay home and you are frugal, right? That's what you do. Well, the money became money, not income, right? The, the difference here is the difference between an investment and an income. And the investments were not something that he ever had 
the desire to sell. He didn't want to sell the investments. And I'm sure some of that had to do with taxes. But the other part of it was he enjoyed it that much. He enjoyed getting up. He enjoyed the financial channels. He enjoyed the, 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 the uh, trying to figure it out. You know, where are things going and what are the right companies? So he really, really enjoyed it. So that money that was in the investment vertical stayed there. That's what it was. Now, in good times, why would he want to sell? You know, he's doing great. If I sell, I got to pay taxes. I lose that great stock that did real well for me. So you know what? I'm not going to sell. I'm just going to put it off that trip. You know, hey, honey, we'll take that trip next year. Right now, the markets are on fire. I'm doing great. Um, you know, we're, we're going to do even more next year because of what I'm doing right now. And, and let me get back to work because I'm, I'm, I'm killing it here. I'm a genius. And then the next year is down. So ultimately, he's still on his way up, right? Who isn't up after, you know, the, the record run that we've had since the down of 2008 and nine? you know, who hasn't had a great run in the markets? But there are ups and downs on any path, on any trajectory up, there are going to be downs, just like I believe the down pattern that we're on now will have the ups, like a recession rally, you're like, okay, that's a genius exit. If you're not looking at that exit sign uh, on your on your investment highway, you should really look again, because that might be the biggest sign that you might see in the face of a what I believe will be a prolonged, painful recession, a recession that the government can't come in and bail everybody out because there's just no money left. There hasn't been money for years. They just kept printing more and printing more, and now we suffer the, the, the you know the the result of that with inflation. So bad years, conversation B. Well, you know, honey, I, I think what we ought to do because the markets are down, and you know what they say: it's a terrible time to take money out of your investments when they're down. So you know what? Let's let's just plan a little bit better for next year, and and just let me get back to where we were. Now this probably continued on for years because let's face it years go by really quick when you're in retirement these aren't like he had to come up with a story every week it didn't seem like that it, maybe once a year was the story then his wife stuck by his side and did everything that you know that that made sense right my husband has, has done this incredible job growing our money and now it's like okay you know I'm going to uh I'm going to just Stay the course. He's done so well. We have millions of dollars. We're rich, 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 rich. So <laughs> the story gets ugly, right? So the story ends up, because remember, I have this, this, this amazing ability now to talk to people. I don't have to wait for people to age to tell stories. I can go to different ages of people that I interact with, and I can tell the story of the same type of buildup, too makes sense, right? So if I if I need the perspective of an 80-year-old, I don't have to wait for my 62-year-old client to become 80. I just go look at the 80-year-old and I talk to them. And sometimes I just have these conversations because I find them so incredibly interesting. You know, I'm, I'm, I am working on the book. I, I know I mentioned it quite a bit and I, I actually had to delay a meeting this week because I've been so busy with the with the new uh, cases that have been coming in. And I've been, I've been getting really deep into our software myself. I wanted to... Uh, you know, go back and look at what the guys have developed and figure it out. And it was kind of a process. Let's put it that way. I've spent a lot of hours inside our own tools, just kind of forensically going through what's been developed by others. A lot of it was developed in the early days with, with me. Then it, it kind of went on its, on its own and started to have a life of its own. So the interesting thing about 
rolling the clock forward. Let's go talk to a, a 78-year-old and, and find out, you know, what happened when you were 65. And at 65, it's mandatory retirement for these pilots. They're, they're not allowed to fly these big air, airplanes, and they're not going to go fly, you know, puddle jumpers. They, they retire. So in talking to him, the story kept going, ups and downs, market's good, market's bad, delay, delay, delay. Well, 10 years goes by, and, and he's 75, and 76, 77, and 78, and now it's, it's too late. You know, wife is sick. Wife has, has got some issues, and, um, and that's sad, right? It's sad because she may never get to do the things that they might have dreamt about the years before, you know, he was flying around the world, but she wasn't in the second seat. You know, she was home and he'd been to everywhere, all through Europe and, and just amazing ports of call, airports, you know, just amazing locations. So he did all that, but she didn't. And now it's too late. You know, now it was, well, I'm so busy making these investment moves and, we, you know, let's just use our income. And that's when it all came together. There's a huge difference between income and investments. In order to take an income from an investment, it requires some planning. You don't just go and take a weekly paycheck out of your investments. Typically, what people do is they take bulk money out of their investments. Now, think about that. Is there ever a good time to go and grab a bulk of money out of your investments, or will you just make your income do its job? And that's really the problem here, guys, is, is that we have to stop thinking of investments as income. It's a difficult thing to do. It's not like a scheduled income. It, it's, it's unique in that where you have to go to an advisor, say, hey, I need 50000 The advisor tries to tell you also not to do it, right, because their job is to keep you in the market. That's how they get paid. And there's never a good time. So we, do you really want to go beg or try to convince your investment advisor, that you need 50 grand so that you can take this really nice vacation in December and you want to have the money. And then, yeah, well, let's wait till December and the market tanks. Oh, now there's no money. Well, how am I going to do this trip? Well, why don't you put it on your credit card and then we'll pull the money out when the markets recover. I'm telling you, these conversations happen, guys, and it's not the way it's supposed to be. And this is the problem with not having pensions the way we used to believe we would get them when we retired because there is a difference in spending income versus spending investments to have income. So when you're contemplating your later years, and it's not today, and this is the, the hard part about looking into a crystal ball because no one wants to age. Everyone wants to think that what's today is tomorrow and, and we don't change. We'll just do things differently, right? It's just, okay, I've got all this money. I'll just pull a hundred grand. It's not that easy, even if you have millions the way that the pilot had his millions. So I'm, I'm saying this because there are alternatives and they don't fit into the investment side of thinking. It's about perspective. And the perspective is if you're looking at your income as the sale of investments, it is going to come up short for you and it will cause you even though you're having a ball and you're enjoying life, it'll cause you and your family to not have as, as good of a life as they can if you had packaged up some of these investments into an income, a reliable, uh, scheduled income. Check comes in every month. Check comes in every two months, whenever, quarterly. It doesn't matter. But if income comes in, you'll spend it. 
So I, I had this conversation with the, with the pilot, and I've had several with him, and he, he really was not a happy guy. And I, and I, I hope if he's listening to this, because he's probably listening to it too. The good thing is I have enough pilots that I, I won't say where this pilot lives because it would be a dead giveaway, but I can tell you it's not my, my pilot from California. He actually put his money in CDs and hasn't taken them out since 2008. And guess what? That has a spending caveat because the, the, the CDs come due and he just goes and grabs a CD and bang, they spend the money. He's got a beautiful travel trailer. He's got a, a house up in the mountains in California. It's beautiful. But his investment is different than the person who's got an advisor and is in the market. His CDs will come through. He just likes having something come in. He feels like he's trying to keep up with inflation and he didn't need more money. So he he did not want the challenges of navigating the markets ever again. He got out in 2008. He lost a lot of money, but he got out and never went back in. There's a difference there. He's spending CD money. That's not investments. There's no, there's no great win. It is what it is. If you're getting 2%, 1%, 1 1.5%, that's what you're getting. So who gets excited about that? It's just, okay, is that one freed up now? Okay, I'll take that one. And he would cash it in, and that's what he would use for his spending money. So when it comes time to put into perspective income versus investments, it's a good time to build income. It's a good time. And, and you guys know I've been banging on the annuity bandwagon now for weeks. And there's a reason for it. It's that time. It's that time to stop being Chevy Chase in the casino. You know, there's a scene, and, and maybe we'll play the soundtrack from that ant. We'll play the... Uh, the other track that I asked you to put together for the podcast will do where where Chevy Chase tells Randy Quaid that he lost money. Let's end with that. So let's let's put that at the end of, of this podcast. So that'll be your your treat at the end is is a fantastic scene where Chevy has lost his money and he's got to tell his knucklehead uh, brother-in-law that that he lost money gambling. It's, it's it's hysterical. And you can see all these things on YouTube if you want to look them up. Just uh, put in Chevy Chase's uh, Vegas vacation, Chevy loses money or, or, or Griswold loses money, something like that. So income. Income is different than investments. You can buy income. You don't have to have the pension that you wanted. You can buy the pension that you wanted. It just makes things easier. It just takes away that timing play. It takes away that battle of, uh, you know, this is what I love to do, even though my wife can't stand the fact that I do it, but it's, it's great. So think about your spouse, think about your family, your partner, and just say, you know, maybe this is a good idea. Maybe I can get back. And, and that is one of the good things right now is with the bonuses that some of these companies will give you, it gets you back to where you started before the, the drop of the markets in January. You can get back and you could actually be ahead with some of them. Now, other companies have smaller bonuses and they're more aggressive. I particularly like the ones that give a bigger bonus and are less aggressive in the growth side. But at the end of the day, if you can turn on an income, and I, I had some numbers that I ran on this, this calculator that I did this morning. I came in early because, you know, I, I was you know trying to figure this out a little bit better and did I miss something? And I, I created a calculator that I've now built into the WealthSpan. So it, it's a new calculator. It actually takes income. And instead of annuities being some kind of investment, I don't use the annuity that way for most people now, especially with this new group that we're working with. I'm using them for what they were intended to be, income. They're an income vehicle. 
Yes, they can grow money. Yes, they can protect money. If you're looking to have something better than a bond alternative, yes, you can get growth. You can do get protection using annuities for those type of needs. But what they really do, and they do it with incredible efficiency, and they break this investment spending versus income spending, it destroy, it gets rid of that because the annuity will do what it's supposed to do. You turn it on at a point in your life, you season it as long as you can, you live on your investments now, and it'll just prove my point is that you'll choose not to spend money from your investments. It's, it's one of the, the hardest things for people to do is sell their positions and get out. They just don't do it. It's, it's actually brilliant for the investment advisor world because they make money that way. So it's, it's, I might have to rethink my, my, my long-term future in this business. I might have to go back into the space and say, hey, maybe I'll manage money because nobody ever takes it out. They just let it roll forever. But if you have an income and it's coming from an annuity product that gives you a bonus and then gives you a fair crediting rate, it's not going to be, it's not going to compete with what you could do in the markets. But what it will do is it will give you that steady income that'll let you pursue your retirement dreams. Buy that new vehicle if you want. It'll give you all that freedom and it'll take away those tough decisions on do I sell when I'm down or do I sell when I'm up? There's very few days the markets are just flat. I mean, today we've been all over the place. The futures were up this morning, then we went down when we had a lot of jobs announced, and now the market's trying to figure its way back up, and it's almost flat. I mean, right now the S&P is up 5.93, and the Dow is up 62.94. I'm recording this at 11 a.m. I have some uh, some meetings today, so I'm doing a little bit earlier than I normally do. But I, I, I wanted to talk about this because it was something I was working on today. I've been thinking about it all night last night. I went back and thought about that client, actually went back into our system and looked at some of my case notes from when we spoke. And I remember feeling bad for him. I remembered feeling sad for his life. And uh, it was just something that was very difficult to, to put into perspective. And, and I did just last night and this morning while working on another case. So um, let's put it in perspective, guys. Think about what I'm saying would you be better off? Would your family be better off, better off if you had the ability to buy a steady income? An income, by the way, that outperforms in many cases what the markets can do. And that has a lot to do with sequence of returns. It has a lot to do with neg- never losing money and locking in gains. Those are all things that annuities will do if you have the right annuity. And there's, there's a lot of them out there. Uh, we have a few because of the the demographic that we serve. We have a few that we recommend. Um, and in some cases, it, it's only two companies because I, I try to do a lot of Roth conversions inside these, these different uh, annuity products. So what I'd like you to think about and think long and hard is roll your own calendar forward and look at your life five, 10 years from now and think about the decisions that you may have to make. And will your investments be too difficult to liquidate for income? Is it too big of a bother? Is it something too easily just put off another month, another year, another couple years? And would you be better off not having to have that conflict by just setting yourself up an income? So what I, I'd like you to do is, is make income the conversation. If you're going to have Social Security, and by the way, don't forget, if, if you have a surviving spouse, 
the hardest thing about Social Security is losing the lesser of the two incomes that come in. We call that the widow trap or the widower's trap. And income then becomes even more important because if you lose that, and that's been part of your, you know, how do I keep my bills paid and stay in my, my lane that I have established in my retirement, having that income coming in may be everything that you need. And one more thought on this. When you have income, and let's say you pass and you leave your spouse now your spouse is left with these decisions. Oh my gosh, what do I do with this money? I, I have to go get another advisor. I can't spend any, any of this money. And now they're down to just the higher of the two social security. Is that how you'd want your loved one to have to think? Is that really necessary where if it's just income coming in, they'll spend it, they'll enjoy life. So that's my topic for today. It's perspective. I think that is the, the word that we'll name this podcast is perspective. And it's the perspective between income and investments and how the two aren't necessarily, nor do I believe they're anything like the same thing. Income, you spend income. One of the things that I quoted, and, and I'm going to put one of those quotes, you know, almost question mark quotes, because I don't know if it was an exact quote. But I remember saying to the pilot, I said, well, did you ever think about if, if you would have had this big pension coming in that you didn't get because he kind of blamed his, his retirement on losing the big pension? Would you have been invested that pension back into your investments? And he said something was so profound. He goes, you don't invest retirement income into your investments. You spend it. <laughs> and it was like, OK, that, that just summed it all up for me. You don't invest your income. You spend it. You don't invest your Social Security you spend it. If you've got an income that's coming from an annuity that you can't outlive and it's giving you everything you need, including your retirement dreams, it allows you to better plan your legacy for your family. It allows you and your your, your significant other to explore and, and enjoy the things that we normally will put off. If there's any reason to put off spending, we'll find it. And uh, and I think it'll change your your life, your retirement lifestyle. So that's it for today. I've got to wrap up. I've got a visitor coming shortly. I wanted to get this done. I'm also checking out a little bit early. I threw my back out. I've been miserable. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, I bent over to put a screw into a metal shield on the wall in my filter room, and I had that that crazy snap pop in your back. And uh, So I'm going to go home today. I think I'm actually going to put my feet up, sit by the pool, enjoy the sun, and, and maybe have a couple cocktails to help with the loosening of that muscle. So on behalf of everyone here, of Retirement Architecture and Deserve Podcast. I'm Brett Sasso. Have a great weekend. Hey, stay, stay on. I'm going to put that uh, Chevy Chase piece up now. Have a great one, everybody. Thanks. Eddie, I've gambled away more money than you'll ever understand. Try me. $22,600. Oh, God! Oh, God! Oh, my God! Oh, God! <laughs> Eddie! Oh, oh, my God! Please, please. Um, mm.